Hi, I'm Tom Yoder, and this is Fieldwork, Misadventures at the Edge of Science. When we think about science, usually we're thinking about folks in lab coats with microscopes in sterile and controlled environments. But there's a whole bunch of science that gets done in much more dirty and dangerous places. Science that's done by biologists, archaeologists, geologists, and a lot of other kinds of ologists who do field work where there are sometimes no roads, no shelter, and no backup. But many times, the best stories from the field aren't even about the science or the coolest discoveries, but about surviving the fieldwork conditions and mishaps that inevitably happen while attempting to gather data in strange or sketchy situations in the outdoors. After listening to the adventures and misadventures of some of the people who make the Four Corners their home, visit MesaVerdeCountry.com to plan your next adventure in Mesa Verde Country. Tyson Hughes is an educator and recovering archaeologist who spent his childhood exploring the amazing natural and cultural wonders of the Four Corners region. His passion for understanding the human past on this landscape drove him to pursue a career in archaeology. After spending a decade working on projects throughout the West, he settled down in Mancus, where he was raised, and has been focused on spreading awareness, understanding, and stewardship of the vast cultural landscape that is the central Mesa Verde region. I talked with Tyson on the patio outside Fenceline Cider in Mancus, Colorado. Tyson, cheers. Cheers, Tom. Good Get to see you. Get a little uh, clink on the tape maybe there. <laughs> <laughs> that was not manufactured sound effect. That was yeah, authentic. Yeah, that was authentic. We're here at uh, Fenceline Cider in Mancus, and uh, it's a little chilly. We're outside because they're doing bingo night. So uh, we got... We got well, we didn't really get kicked out. We we sort of self-imposed exile out here. Yeah, we chose isolation over lumping in with that's those, right. those that's maniacs right. in there. Yeah, we didn't want to hear the bingo going on in the background so much. But we are here at Fence Line. What are you drinking tonight, by the way? Tonight I'm actually trying their uh, cherry cider. I'm hmm. normally into the elderberry, but uh, right. they threw me a cherry this time, and I'm going for it's it. Sweeter. Yeah, I'm doing the seedling, which is my kind of go-to. Nice so. and dry. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, I've known you for a long time. We worked together in the early 2000s on a very big project, the ALP Reservoir Project. But you've done a lot of field work since since then. Like you've been out and about. Yeah. No, I I I kind of cut my teeth, um, you know, doing that project, the Animus Plata project, as you mentioned, and uh, I think you actually hired me for that position. So. Uh, good hire. You're, you're, a you're, good hire. <laughs> Either that or everything that ensued, you're partially to blame for. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll take some credit or blame, I guess, yeah. uh, however you want to cast it. But yeah, no, that was a fantastic experience. Kicked off my career. I ended up um, working in nine different states, doing survey monitoring, excavation, lab work. Um, and uh, yeah, finished up um, with that stuff uh, about 2015 and moved into education. And nice, working and you're Crow at Crow Canyon, Canyon now, yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, so uh, I want to hear a story, man. Lay, <laughs> lay it on me. How, t- start from the beginning. Begin at the beginning. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we do. It was a dark December night. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think what I'd probably like to share with uh, with you is um, one of the stories that I, that I have from it was one of my last field jobs so like i mentioned i've worked in nine different states and so i got to experience a lot of different parts of the country see a lot of really interesting archaeology meet a lot of different folks um but there was one job in particular that uh um more or less broke me of uh, wanting to do field work ah <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> so uh, i thought i was pretty hot stuff you know i'd worked in wyoming and the dakotas and southern california and you know thought i could just just make it anywhere in in, uh, in the west 
And uh, I was working for an outfit um, who I will not name. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like it already. Well, you know, you know, they're, they're a great outfit, but uh, yeah, let's let's keep discretion in mind here. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fair. <laughs> and uh, this job was uh, way up in the Panhandle of Idaho, which hmm. is um, a bit out of my area of expertise. Uh, more of a more of a desert southwesty guy, mountain guy. Um, and this project. Uh, Involved survey. They were going to be logging up there, so um, we went up there and, and uh, uh, set up shop to do several sessions of survey. And uh, it was my first time up in northern Idaho, and um, I really started getting the impression that the Panhandle of Idaho is um, a place that neither Montana nor Washington wanted, <laughs> <laughs> and Idaho ended up adopting because uh, it is some of the most outstandingly rugged terrain I had ever been in really like mountainous like steep like rainforest like jungle yeah super steep so when we were actually first looking at the maps of the project area we were looking at the topography lines and uh they were joking like oh well at least it's not 40 meter intervals ha 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 and then looked at the bottom and they were 40 meter intervals it was straight up and down so um very very rugged uh but what threw us off more than anything was it's wet up there (laughs) there is a lot a what lot what of time water. of year was this? Uh, this was, I want to say this was summer. So we were, um, okay. you know, we were definitely warm enough. Um, but my gosh, there is more water up there than, than you could even imagine here in our little dry corner of the world. Yeah. So I remember driving by the Colorado to get up there and noticing how big the Colorado River was. And then noticing how every river we saw going north got bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. <laughs> And eventually where we were working was a tributary to a tributary to a tributary to a, a tributary, I think, of the Columbia River. And it was it okay. was bigger than the Colorado River. It was enormous. Man. So a lot of water. Very, very different. Columbia is a very large river. Huge. Yes. Huge. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, definitely a, a step out of the comfort zone, I think, for myself and a couple of the other folks on the crew. Um, In more I, ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, for example, step out of the con- comfort zone. <laughs> Uh, the first day of survey, we get our lines uh, ready to go and, and hop out of the truck, and we know where we're going. And within the first 20 or 30 steps, all of us were on our asses. <laughs> you couldn't even stand up. I mean, wow. it was just, it was trees downed everywhere, and they were just covered with slime, just wet slime. So Can we back walk. up for just a second, and can you just describe very briefly for people who may not know what survey looks like in terms of, like, when you say intervals, what are you actually doing? Totally. So archaeologists, um, we, we walk in transects. We walk in straight lines. You know, typically we try to keep them to the cardinal directions. Um, and that's a way we can kind of have control over a big area of, of, uh, of land and make sure we're covering everything, seeing everything. So typically we'll space ourselves out, you know, 10, 15 meters apart and kind of trade. And you're walking side by side by totally. side. Totally, yeah. yeah. Okay. And really, you know, you're supposed to stay on that straight line. So no matter what the terrain <laughs> yeah, is right. doing, <laughs> you're supposed to try to keep on that transect. Um, which, yeah, was, uh, was nigh impossible up there. Um, we found it difficult to even stand, let alone walk. How many people on the crew? Uh, there were four of us. Okay. There were four of us. So um, uh, not a huge crew, but uh, enough to do some damage anyways. And we, we uh, yeah, we, we hit it hard. Uh, the, the weirdest thing about that project probably is, is that I think the whole time we were up there, and, uh, you know, we're talking many days of survey, uh, none of us actually saw a single artifact or archaeological <laughs> feature. So, 
Good to go. Good to go. Clearance yeah. right there. Come on in and, and uh, do your forestry work here because um, you know, half the time we weren't even touching the ground. You're just crawling through brush and over Amazing. trees and stuff. So, wow. so yeah, it was the only project I've ever worked on uh, where I did not see a single artifact or a single archaeological remnant. Um, and I, it couldn't exist in that environment. I think you'd be more, lock, more likely to find an a Ewok village than <laughs> an archaeological site up there. Yeah. So that was so a how did different. you manage? How did you get it done? It was, uh, it was perseverance. Um, it was patience, um, of which I was totally tapped out of by the end. And, uh, and yeah, we just kept pushing, kept uh, kind of pushing off and postponing the nastiest transects till, till the end because we knew what they would involve. And so as the project went on, it actually got a little bit worse <laughs> yeah. wow. day by day. Um, so sometimes I know in projects like that where there's like a lot of stuff like cover on the ground, you'll do like some like test pit kind of stuff. Was there anything like that at all? Were you looking in the ground at all? Not this at all. This was just surface. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if we wanted to look underground, we'd have to find the ground first, and we'd probably <laughs> need a forestry extraction team for that because it was, it was that dense. It was just really So a lot, of, a lot of fall, a lot of tree fall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, it's also the only job I've ever worked at where I actually kind of supported the, um, the cause of the, uh, the client. You know, normally we're working with oil and gas, and I'm a little These hesitant are loggers to endorse we're talking that. About? These guys are loggers, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, take this forest out. It is dangerous. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we need the wood more than we need this hazard. <laughs> How long were you up there for? Uh, I want to say it was probably a 10-day session. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not super long. Yeah. So day by day, you're kind of crawling through all of this stuff. Was your access okay? I mean, did you have to walk to get to where you needed to survey? Because I know that can be an issue too. Totally. We were lucky because this area had been forested that there there were uh, a few access roads, none of which were particularly perfectly developed. Um, but uh, yeah, we were able to get pretty close to our survey areas with vehicle. Nice. Um, so yeah, there wasn't a lot of deadheading, as they call it in yeah. the biz, where you're just kind of walking on a straight line just to get to your search your search area. Yeah. So this project broke you. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about the psychology between stepping out of that truck the first day and you're like, this is gonna suck, basically, <laughs> right? Like you know what you're up for, and then tell me. How it changed between that and then the end when you, I guess, were like, this is, I'm done with field work. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got to be honest, day one through probably four, I thought I was okay. <laughs> I day thought I could five make it through came. this. What happened on day five, Tyson? <laughs> I think the rain didn't stop. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, it's another one of those really unique places where nothing ever dries out. And so yeah. um, even when your boots are, are, you know, off your feet, they're, they're still soaking wet when you put them back on in the morning. Um, but I actually thought I had it. I thought I would be able to do the project, no problem. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, probably around day, day five, about halfway through the project, I started just reevaluating my life choices. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Maybe wow. this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you talk about, like, a slope, can you give a sense of, like, what, what steepness we're talking about? Yeah, so I mentioned 20-meter um, uh, and 40-meter intervals. Uh, mm -hmm. With topographic maps, they'll draw a line, you know, with every 40 or 20 feet of elevation gain. And, um, and so, you know, essentially the more lines closer together, the steeper the terrain is. And yeah. uh, where we were working, um, 
it was pretty much, you know, there were places where you're, you're climbing, climbing straight up and climbing straight down. And once again, never even really touching the ground, just kind of climbing through trees and, and, <laughs> and brush Incredible. and stuff. Wow. So, uh, um, yeah, very different, very different than here in the Were South you West. able to stay on any semblance of a transect in that stuff? You know, it's kind of funny you mention that, Tom, because <laughs> we would actually put the tracker on sometimes to uh -huh. just kind of see. GPS? Yeah, make uh -huh. sure that we're, you know, we're walking the right area. And, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, a couple of those transects, um, we probably walked more just to get back to the transect than we actually spent on the transect. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. No injuries, though. Everybody was okay. No, by gosh. Amazingly. Yeah, uh, yeah we all survived somehow. Yeah. Um, the only casualty were my boots, which I immediately deposited in the dumpster because yeah. uh, there was no saving them. Wow. wow. <laughs> and no, you didn't have any encounters with wildlife while you were there because that's grizzly territory up there. Definitely isn't it? grizzly territory. Yeah. yeah. We were um, fortunate. Um, I think we were making enough noise just cussing and, <laughs> and scrambling and freaking out that uh, nothing would have wanted to approach us anyways. Yeah. But, but yeah, it could have been interesting if there was a grizzly up there. And did you guys have bear spray, stuff like that on you? I mean, do you remember the precautions? No. To be honest, no. 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 Wow. That, was, that was, you know, kind of back in the day where it was just, yeah. you know, a dude in the woods with his GPS. <laughs> Had a pocket oh. knife. <laughs> that is crazy. That's crazy. So at the end of all this, you're like on the way home and you're, as you say, reevaluating your life choices. Was it really that moment where you were like, I'm done with this? Do you feel like that happened then? Or was there like some time to sort of gestate a little bit on this whole thing? I think I, think I knew before we actually left the state of Idaho that I would never be returning to Idaho to do this sort of work again. <laughs> you crossed off Idaho at least. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've crossed off a couple other states too, but yeah. uh, definitely that's the one where, where I decided um, maybe this going off to, to different parts of the, the country to do archaeology is not, not my bag. Yeah. Maybe I want to stick a little closer to home where you can actually stand up and see the ground yeah well you know it's funny because you get so spoiled in the southwest right because True. we don't have yeah. relative cover in terms of on the ground and you can walk around out here in the four corners area and there's just artifacts everywhere first of all and there's like standing architecture second oh, yeah. of all and typically you know you might have to access can be a little difficult sometimes but typically you can get where you need to be because roads are everywhere you know and that kind of thing so yeah. I, I think it's interesting that juxtaposition it's like suddenly you were like oh no 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 now <laughs> now i'm at my limit i hit this wall <laughs> and that wall apparently is close to the canadian border <laughs> but, uh, yeah 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 and 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 you're right we are spoiled down here i mean um you know i grew up in the area so uh, seeing the archaeology in this area and then comparing it to other places I've been, it's been uh, a little difficult to get excited about a lot of other places. Like Idaho. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, as, as you mentioned down here, it's it's inescapable, right? I like to tell my students, you can't throw a rock around here without hitting an archaeological site. And chances are the rock you threw is an artifact. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we are very spoiled here. And, and yeah, I'm glad I came yeah. home and... Uh, Hung my uh, uh, adventure-seeking hat on the wall for uh, for another life. Yeah, and you're enjoying education. Absolutely. Like. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, something I didn't think I'd um, really be good at or get into, but um, passionate enough about archaeology, and I, I love working enough with, with uh, kids and, and other learners that it's been great. That's cool. Yeah. Well, Crow Canyon's a special place, man, for sure. It really is, That's no cool. doubt. Yeah. yeah. And I still get to play with archaeology every once in a while. Yeah. I get to go out in the field and yeah. go down the lab and 
no keeping doubt. the loop a little bit. Well, I'm trying to get more Crow Canyon folks on this podcast, so we'll see how that goes. We're an elusive group, dude. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are tough, man. You're the first one I've pinned down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I hope there's not like a correlation between like level of education and willingness to do this sort of thing, because I only have a bachelor's degree, but uh, hopefully you'll get some PhDs in here. Oh, I don't care about that. I, I just want good stories. Actually, the, the people who are the PhDs typically don't have the good stories because they've been like in the ivory tower so to speak right. they may have a good story but they forgot how to word it entertainingly that's right that's right exactly all right anything else to add before uh, we wrap it up uh no i think um that that pretty much sums up my idaho experience i um yeah, yeah it sent me home bet- with my tail between my legs um learned a lot about what i uh what i don't want to do with yeah. my career and yeah. so uh, cautionary tale to anyone out there who's looking at, yeah. at doing archaeology as a career. Um, maybe stay out of the Idaho. Stay out of. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Thank All you right. so much, Tyson. I you appreciate bet. it. You bet. Thanks. After my conversation with Tyson, I thought a lot about my own path in and out of archaeology. For 16 years, I worked my way through a bunch of archaeology jobs, traveling around the Southwest doing surveys and excavation projects. It wasn't an easy life in the beginning when I was on what I like to call the archaeology rodeo circuit, traveling to distant towns for several weeks of work before moving on to the next job. There wasn't a lot of job security when most projects were seasonal or short-term. And even once I landed a relatively stable job, it was challenging to always be working on a pipeline or mining project that required us to find and mitigate cultural resources before the bulldozers went to work. One day, working in beautiful desert highlands in central Arizona, in an area that was slated to become an open-pit copper mine, I remember thinking that the crew and I were likely some of the last to see the saguaro, the towering orange cliffs, and javelina before it was all reduced to rubble. I tell you this because fieldwork many times isn't just a fun adventure, and it can wear you out. I can totally relate to Tyson's feelings when he finished that project in Idaho. For me, it came after a decade-long excavation project that was done before a new water reservoir filled one of the most lovely valleys I'd ever worked in. You get to know these places intimately when you traverse them for years, dig into the dirt, and live through the cycles of seasons alongside the plants and animals there. And it was kind of heartbreaking to walk away knowing that it would all be flooded soon. I can honestly say I got into archaeology not because I had a deep fascination with the ancient human past, although that part was very cool. Mostly I just loved being outside with a crew of fellow scientist misfits just doing fieldwork in remote and beautiful places most people never get to see. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fieldwork, Misadventures at the Edge of Science. And thanks to Tyson for sharing his story about his last fieldwork adventure. I'm really happy you found your place as an educator at Crow Canyon Archaeological Center. If you're a biologist, archaeologist, geologist, or any other kind of ologist field scientist living in the Four Corners area and have a fieldwork adventure to share for this podcast, please contact me by emailing tom at ksjd.org. I'd love to hear from you. Fieldwork is a production of KSJD Community Radio in Cortez, Colorado. Find out more about KSJD on our website at ksjd.org. And this podcast is generously supported by Mesa Verde Country and the Colorado Tourism Office through its Restart Destinations program. And if you want to learn more about the archaeology of the Four Corners, don't miss another excellent podcast from KSJD called Mesa Verde Voices. It does a really nice job of discussing the prehistory of the area through the lens of contemporary perspectives 
of the indigenous people whose ancestors lived that history. You can find the Mesa Verde Voices podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The theme music for Fieldwork is from Genuine Cowhide. You can and should listen to their incredible tunes on Spotify. I'm Tom Yoder reminding you that sometimes it's okay to just throw away your boots and move on. <laughs>